0: Reply 1994 is often referred to as the worst reply show, the one that a lot of people didn't like. And I believed that. For the longest time, I did. And then I watched it, and my expectations were so low, I swear. But I ended up liking it the most. Isn't that so ironic? Good morning, good evening, and good day. I'm Francine, and I really love K-Dramas. You're listening to DramaBuds, a Globe Studios podcast. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to Drama Buds Season 2. Uh, today, we are doing a classic review episode, and I'm going to talk about Reply 1994. So if you did not know... I'm a huge slice-of-life fan. Like, my gateway drama was Hospital Playlist, okay? That's how much I love that genre. And I've continued to love it through the year. (laughs) Uh, Because I started with Hospital Playlist, I'm into the whole Shin P.D. writerly na P.D. cinematic universe. You know, from K-dramas to variety shows. And... Yeah, I'm I'm in that world. So after a whole year of you know watching all the Shin PD shows in <laughs> a very messed up order from cosplay to prison playbook to reply 1988 to 97 and now finally to 94, my last Shin PD show. At least as of now. Because hospital playlist 2 is still ongoing. Uh yeah, I finally completed. The reply series and i finally have like informed opinion <laughs> i watched everything my opinions have basis and now i can rank them that's that's gonna be fun <laughs> okay so what is this show all about reply 1994 is about a group of college students from different places in the country now living together in one boarding house in seoul for college Uh, Note that I will definitely be spoiling things, including, you know, the mystery husband, if it's still a mystery to you. (laughs) But I will still be referring to them using their nicknames. One, because I don't know what their actual names are. And two, because for most of the show, their real names aren't revealed because that's apparently part of the, the mystery husband thing, where they don't know the actual name of the people in the house so even if they reveal the mystery husband's real name no one knows who it is until the end and they all have similar names gosh (laughs) so now we go to the plot and the characters uh first you have song na jung played by go ara she is the main girl She's the daughter of Sung Dong Il and Lee Ilwa. Yes, yes, the parents in 1997 and 1988. Once again, with their real names, because, you know, Shin PD is lazy. <laughs> or it's an inside joke. That's right. <laughs> anyway, they are running a boarding house in Seoul. Uh, Na Jong is a computer engineering freshman and a big basketball fangirl. Uh, In typical Reply series fashion, she is loud, she's brash, uh, but she's a nice girl who is always there for her friends. Nice one. (laughs) And she has a huge crush on Trash. His name is Trash. We call him Trash, (laughs) who has been her older brother figure since she was a child. And don't worry, it's an older brother figure, not her actual older brother. My god, I didn't think I'd have to clarify that. They are not siblings, even if they did try to confuse us for like an episode or two. <laughs> so now we move on to Trash, played by Jungwoo. He's a med student who's a few years older than all of them. And he's so close to Na Najong's parents that he calls them mom and dad, and they call him their son. He's called Trash because he's a slob and he doesn't care about his appearance or his room or whatever. But he's also a genius and an overall super nice older brother figure to all of them in the boarding house. And he's closest, I'd say, to Bingare because Bingare is Trash's junior in med school. Next, we have Chilbong, played by yun Sok. He's a popular baseball player since he was in high school. He's also Bingure's cousin. And though he wasn't initially living in the boarding house, he stayed there with him for a while, and then he eventually just got a room in the house. Uh, He's the only one that's from Seoul among all the boarders. And he's a nice guy. How else can I describe him? He's a nice guy, but he's very lonely because his parents got divorced and his mom just remarried and his only nearby family is Pingare. And in his loneliness, he develops a crush on Nachong. So as you can see, we have yet another, yet another second lead, but okay. (laughs) So there are four other boarders in the house, but honestly, their characters aren't too fleshed out so i won't go into them as much more on that later that is something to discuss so we have hete played by Son Ho joon uh, another border from the countryside he's the the trendy type the type t- who tries to stay on the latest fashion and all that and the one who is like constantly trying to date girls okay uh sam chun po played by kim sung kyun is Another one from the countryside, they're actually all computer engineering majors except for Chilbong, obviously, and Trash and Bingure. Uh So, he, uh, sorry, Sam Chun po is roommates with Hete. And the running joke is that he looks too old for his age. <laughs> and it gets even funnier when you realize, or I mean, if you watched it when it was still airing and then eventually 88 aired, it's funnier because in 88, he becomes a dad. He's now a dad along Song Dong Il, and the joke is that he is much younger than Ramira and his wife. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Sam Chunpo po is a stickler for rules, very, like, straight-laced guy, close-minded and all that. And he's always going out with Heite to clubs and group dates. And he's constantly bickering with Yoon Jin, but surprise, they get a love line. So, Yunjin, as I mentioned, played by Mindo, he is like a really quiet girl who's always hiding behind her hair and stuff. But then when she actually talks, she curses like crazy and is super angry. Uh, she's also a uh, Sotayji and the boys fangirl. Like, that was a huge, uh, not K-pop, they were before K-pop, <laughs> but yeah, a huge boy band back in the 90s. And lastly, we have Bingre, played by Baro, who is a freshman med student. Trash, he's Trash's junior. And he doesn't have a good relationship with his father. So he secretly took a leave of absence for a year and started taking part time jobs. So, because of that, he's always encouraged by Trash to you know, continue his studies, give it a try. And because of that, you know, closeness, because of Trash's warmth obviously he kind of develops a crush on him it's not as clear as it was in Reply 1997 if he really developed like a crush on Trash but we'll talk more about that later so what did I think about Reply 94 well this was the funniest of the three reply shows for me like it it was a little slapstick okay okay I've accepted that and it had a lot of like poop toilet jokes you know seems like that's a universal thing pretty sure all cultures have poop jokes (laughs) but yeah it got a bit repetitive and kind of boring after some time but but it's okay I think it was really funny for me because it was mostly situational humor like the situation in itself is funny because they're from the countryside, and they're just adjusting to living in Seoul. Like, for example, one of the funniest scenes in the entire show for me was when Te and Sam Po went on a group date with these two girls, and they took them to KFC. And then the boys ordered, because, you know, they're actually rich. Like, in the countryside, Sam Po owns, like, a bunch of boats, and Haiti He-tay, Haiti's dad, like, They own all the buses that run through the province, like, they're rich, rich. (laughs) So, of course, they want to impress the girls. So, the girls asked for biscuits. And the boys thought that biscuits were crackers. You're getting this. You're understanding this. But KFC is, you know, technically, it's a Southern American chicken store place. And to them, biscuits are bread, like rolls of bread, so, hit in we're like, mm, should we order? Also, oh, they each asked for biscuits, okay. But we're only gonna give them one each? How about ten? Huh? Only ten for four of us? No, 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 no. Let's order 40 biscuits. <laughs> so, you can imagine that when they got their food, it was just a table <laughs> full of bread. Um... <laughs> It's a very bad description. It's much funnier, obviously, if I did not explain the joke and you watched it. (laughs) So watch Reply 1994, just saying. But yeah, it was funny because it was really dumb. It was such an innocent mistake. But they get to poke fun at it, which was fun. Uh, Also, like sometimes humor is in the references that they make to, you know, the times that they're living in, which is a bit difficult, obviously, because I don't know their cultural references at the time in Korea. But, like, the references were too obscure, I guess. But there were still a lot of things that I'm sure I missed, either because I didn't get the reference or because it was censored (laughs) for copyright where I was watching it. So another thing I liked about this show was the forced cohabitation found family aspect because unlike the other reply shows they weren't like childhood neighbors or friends where you know they were already friends as the show started and you were just kind of diving into their world this time no uh in 94 we watched their friendships grow from nothing and now as like you know they got through college and then they even started working they stayed together they chose to stay together because of their friendship with each other which was it was a nice change but of course you know it didn't feel immediately as warm as 1988 where they were really really close by then okay so among all the reply shows that i've watched 94 had my favorite romance like in the other reply shows I didn't care too much about the romance. Like in 88, I chose to be team take because I just wanted to go against the very, very popular team Jongwon people. And then in 97, obviously I chose Yoonjae over his predator brother who was a high school teacher. Okay, like there was a clear right choice in that situation. But in 94, I just love Trash. I loved him so, so, so much. And I liked his dynamic with Najong. And it was obviously him from the beginning. You know, from the buildup of their relationship to the reveal of their feelings, to their actual dynamics as boyfriend and girlfriend, to the obligatory breakup. Around the time skip. You know it. There is always an obligatory breakup. And then eventually, when they became endgame, I was into it. I I liked it. I liked them. And, okay, going back to the breakup. Which, like, you know I hate it. You know I hate it when a couple gets together, like, episode 8. And then they have to break up at some point. This is a 21-episode drama, okay? And so, you know, they got together, let's say, episode 10 let's just put it at 10 and then they break up in episode 16 or 17 because you know we have how many more episodes left we can't just let them be happy the entire time also the mystery husband thing we have to drag it out until the end so of course i would usually find breakups like that so like oh god not again you're just doing this to drag it out but What I liked about their breakup was that it actually addressed something about their relationship that I didn't realize would eventually come up over and over again if they didn't do something about it, like by breaking up and then addressing it. Because, you know, they kind of broke up because Trash still acts as an older brother figure. And hides like all his pain and his worries and his stress from Najong so that she wouldn't worry about him. And she doesn't want that. Like she wants to be there for him. She wants to be his partner. But he treats her so delicately as if she cannot be, as if she shouldn't see him being anything else but completely strong and completely composed. So they break up. But they get back together after the time skip because Trash finally lets his walls down and asks for her help when he needs her. You know, it's not a completely unnecessary breakup that was fashioned just to like extend their plot line. No, it actually made their dynamics better because now that you know, she actually uh, explained to him why they drifted apart like that and he understood it, when he finally needed her help, when he finally had the opportunity to give her what she was asking for, to ask her to be a part of his life and take care of him the way he has always taken care of her, that's when they got back together. Like, it was nice. It was really, really nice. I I like the relationship, even if it's puppy love. You know, I'm not a fan of puppy love in many, many aspects, but... I think it was nice because it's puppy love, but there's actually a relationship, a deeper relationship, despite or aside from the puppy love. Like once again, she didn't just fall in love at first sight. She's known him since they were children. They've grown up together. And you'd think, isn't that a weird transition from childhood friends to, I mean, like he's kind of her brother-ish. Isn't that such a weird feeling? It's like faux incest because they're kind of siblings, but they're not. And once again, their relationship or the changes in their dynamics, it addressed that change from, like, from brother-sister to two people actually dating who are equals to each other. That's nice. I love it. Okay, small comment. Now that I mentioned, like, the brother-sister thing, small comment on how, like, Netflix translated uh, the Korean into English and possibly made a lot of people confused about Trash and Najong's relationship. Like, note, I do not speak Korean. Okay, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what I'm saying is accurate enough. Okay, so it's about the use of "opa" and dong sing. So if I am right, which I'm sure I am, <laughs> "opa" is used by girls referring to older guys, an older guy. And Dongseng is used by anyone, a girl or a guy, referring to someone younger than them. So, it's a very general term, right? It doesn't necessarily mean your biological brother or your biological sister. But the problem was that it was translated weirdly. Like, Opa, like Trash being Najong's Opa, it was translated as older brother. And then Najong being Trash's like Dongseng, was translated as "little sister." Ooh, do you understand how? Yike, yikes! That sounds so yucky. Uh, you can imagine how confusing and weird it feels to read that and then see them, you know, develop a romantic relationship. And I think that's probably that's, that may have contributed to why a lot of people didn't like their ship. Because they still saw them as like brother and sister. Instead of appreciating how the show actually addressed the change in their dynamic. And it, they did it well, guys. Gosh. So if they didn't like the main couple, wh- what was the second lead? Of course, if it's a mystery husband, we have to have other candidates. Well, here comes Chilbong. You know, the, the second lead of this show. Which... You know what? Absolutely no second lead syndrome for me. I did not at all think Chilbong had a chance or that they would have a better relationship than Trash and Najong. I think Chilbong had no chance from the very beginning, but he was the one who just kept holding on instead of moving on. Like, Chilbong, you don't have to cling onto Najong Just because you're lonely and Najong is the first person who showed you any sort of attention. Like, Chilbong, you are handsome, you're popular, you're nice, you have lived in other countries for years. And also, Najong already rejected you at some point and continued to show her very strong interest in trash. So there is literally no point in holding on to this crush. It's actually really frustrating to watch because he was gone for... He had no screen time, okay? He was gone, gone for around five, six episodes. He was playing baseball internationally in other countries. But when he came back to Korea after the time skip, he's still not over. Really, man? Really? It's supposed to be seen as this like, super sweet and charming fame because so he won't give up on her. Like, his motto is literally, it's not over till it's over. He he said that to Trash, right? When when Trash was like, I like Najong, I'm gonna ask her out. And he was like, or or I think when they announced, Trash and Najong finally announced that they were really dating. And then Trash and Chilbong went out and Chilbong was like, well, I'm going to leave for baseball and stuff but you know what when i come back i'm going to try again because it's not over till it's over what the hell dude what the hell for me it it looks terrible on him he looks like a douche like a douche who won't understand that a girl's no means no and he also looks terrible because he's antagonizing crash who is nice to everyone like crash is so nice to everyone but like with chilbong he Becomes awkward. He's he can't be as warm and clingy as he is to everyone else because Chilbong is like antagonizing him constantly. For Na Jung, who once again is very clearly in love with trash and will not waver. Her feelings do not change at all. Like the people who are still holding on to, you know, Chilbong having a chance until like episode 20 or something. They were just waiting for a miracle. You know, they were just hoping that Shin P.D. would pull a switcheroo up in here. But, come on. You have to, like, look at the big picture and see that she has never, never, like, faltered. Her feelings never wavered. And then, even when they broke up, even when, you know, Najong was spending a lot of time with Chilbong, it was clear that you know she was still a little uncomfortable by he did a surprise kiss guys he did a surprise kiss on new year's on the on new year's eve or as the new year struck and she like was uncomfortable by that and so when they met after the time skip and then they spent new year's together like the moment you know the clock turned midnight she covered her lips because he might do it again see she didn't see that as something cute or romantic or something that should like what shake her heart change her heart i don't know but no chance whatsoever and even when she was taking care of him and spending time with him because he was injured after the time skip and she still hadn't gotten back together with trash it was really like as a friend like, you could see that it was tiring for her, but she's really nice. She's a really good friend. But whenever she saw Trash, she was completely shaken up by it. Like, come on, dude. There's no chance here. If it's not clear, I love Trash. <laughs> like, Trash is my favorite reply boy. I, I would almost say he's my favorite Shin T.D. boy. But Jun from Hospital Playlist has his son, Uju. And I think he's just a complete package. <laughs> Sorry, Ikjun plus Uju is just unbeatable. But Crash is a very, very close second. Uh, now that I mentioned Ikjun, Trash is actually very similar. <laughs> They're both like near perfect, super smart, very friendly. Just overall a really, really nice guy who's always there for the people around him. And you know, once again, Trash is the first reply boy that I actively rooted for, you know, to win, quote-unquote, the mystery husband game because I love him <laughs> and not because, you know, I just want to prove a point or, you know, the other option is objectively terrible. <laughs> also, like, I'm just gonna say it. I think people just like Chilbong because yu yeon is cute, okay? Like, you'd think... Oh what trash he's not that handsome he's not that cute we have Chilbong here and he's a baseball player he's so nice also and i'm like dude trash is so charming like jung woo the actor he's not handsome handsome you know he's not like traditional handsome conventional everything okay but he's so charming and he's so lovable and like the way he acts out trash who is such a lovable character already despite his gruffness and his slobness. Despite all that, he's so charming. He's so cute and he's so nice. And he's so warm. And, you know, Woo becomes instantly more handsome because he's so charming. <laughs> because he's a good actor. Guys, it happens, okay? Also, FYI, he won Best New Actor for Trash in the Big Sang Arts Awards. Guys, this is an award-winning role, an award-winning actor we got here. Okay. Sorry, just extending my my Jungwu appreciation minute here. Actually, I decided to watch Reply 1994 finally, right? It's been months since I watched 97. I finally decided to watch 94 because I was watching Jungwoo Woo in Mad for Each Other and I also loved him there. So yeah, if you have not heard me talk about Mad for Each Other in my Q2 recap, it's great. It's very, very short and sweet, but it has substance. I would highly, highly recommend Mad for Each Other on Netflix. Okay. So, well, of course there are negative points to this show. Of course. Well, first of all, like the characters are honestly not that fleshed out. Like, they're kind of caricatures-ish. I mean, I couldn't describe them that deeply because I realized that they're actually simple. They're a bit one-dimensional. And there's not much going on that would give me a lot to work with. I mean, of course, they have their little plot lines and they go through many things in the 21 episodes. They better go through a bunch of things. (laughs) But... um, But, like, if I can't think of something about their character immediately, then their characterization must only show up in, like, those plot lines or in those scenes for those episodes. But then they revert back to their caricatures right after, right? I I don't really see, like, an entire journey for any of them. Najong, in particular, for me, like, for the main girl, right, who I should have the most to say about— she wasn't as memorable or as distinct as I expected her to be. Like, she won from 97, she was the crazy fangirl, right? Easy to describe her that way. Dok Soon from 88 was dumb, like really dumb, <laughs> but she was nice, she was a good daughter and all that. And Najong was, mm, she was nosy, she was helpful, She's a good daughter. Mm, She wasn't as... She's not dumb. No, she's also a computer engineering major. She's not dumb. So yeah, that's Doxun's thing. What, what, What else could I say about her? Like, see, I can't even distinguish her so easily the way I did with the other main girls. She's kind of a blend of both. But she's never as extreme as either of them. So she's not as memorable the only like distinctive thing about her is how much she loves trash and how like she's yeah she's the crazy puppy love over trash like the entire show her journey was the husband you know what i mean it's not that great Uh, another thing that bothered me a little bit about this show was how it had so many similarities with reply 1997 which only aired i think a year before this you know it makes you feel like they just tried to recreate the success of 97 but with like a bigger budget and more airtime <laughs> like oh okay, if najong main girl starts out as like a wild noisy fan girl exactly like she won but but it's almost immediately uh written out of her character and it's rarely brought up after unlike she si won where it's a huge thing about her character that she's a fangirl but you know what it helped her get into college because she wrote fan fiction <laughs> and they rewrote it as a literary piece so she got a college scholarship. Okay you go she si won my idol <laughs> but see in the very first episode it was about Najong's fangirling and I think They tried to, of course, recreate Shiwon there, but I hope the response wasn't that good. So, that's why they cut it out. Okay, next, Najong and Trash have, like, a pseudo-sibling relationship-ish, and her parents treat Trash like their son, exactly like Shiwon and Yoonjae in 97. Uh, Once again, Najong's parents are exactly the same as Shiwon's parents, even, like, you know her dad is a baseball coach, and her mom cooks too much. Like even the character traits are exactly the same. And another similarity was that they also had an LGBT plus character in ninety seven, but Jun Hee, that guy, who had a crush on Yoon Jae, and it was very explicit. Like he really confessed and all that. But in ninety four, it was more ambiguous. Because Bingure and Trash didn't have like the best friend relationship of Yoon Jae and Junhee. So I think it was more of like Bingure understanding himself and his feelings and understanding what his relationship was with Trash, who's just very like heart on his sleeve, always there, always warm, always listening to him, always treating him to food. Like in 97, it was more explicit. In 94, it's more ambiguous, but they had that theme in both shows. So as you could tell, I compare the Reply series shows a lot. Like, yes, yes, they are their own works, and they should be appreciated based on themselves alone and not in comparison to others, but it's a series. You know, it exists in a similar universe They're doing kinda similar things. I can't help but compare it. Right? They even made the effort to have cameos of like from the past works, it playing the same character in future works. Like they made that happen. So it kind of implies that they're all in one shared universe. It's only fair that comparisons exist. So in terms of quality, I'd say 88 is the best. Then 94, then 97. Like, obviously, 8 had better writing. You know, especially in terms of the characters. Like, they actually are fleshed out and have their own stories. And there's better cinematography. And then they went for a more, like, heartwarming approach. With this large community of people. Like, every almost everyone had families. And the ones who did not have a family, there's meaning to that. So, yeah, I think... Obviously, they gave 88 the most thought. Not the most airtime. That still goes to 94. But 88, they, they wrote a lot more than just jokes. Like, they really went for something different. But, but it still experienced some bloat. I'll explain that later. It was not a perfect, perfect show. Okay? 97, on the other hand, was very, very, very rough. It was more like a sitcom, like a comedy. It was all over the place, yeah. But it was short and sweet, right? I mean, 16 episodes, some of them weren't even one hour long, 45 minutes long. Short and sweet. And so, yeah, there was bloat, as there always is. But like, at least I didn't feel it as much, because I didn't have to sit through 20, 21 episodes, one and a half hours long. Okay, and 94 is like the middle point, the middle option. Like, it was much longer, yeah. And it had quite a lot of bloat as well, but it was more cohesive than 97 at least. You know, even if it was trying to recreate a lot of its success. In terms of my watching experience though, like, this is in terms of, enjoyment how much i enjoyed what i was watching and how much i was invested in the characters and what was going on throughout the entire run of the show i'd say 94 on top then 88 then 97 Like okay i was least invested in 97 from the characters to their stories but i'll give it a pass honestly because it was the first And it was back in 2012. Like, they were just trying something out. They didn't know it was going to be successful. This is Shin P.D.'s first K-drama, okay? He came from being a variety producer. And so, like, that's, I guess, why it felt a little bit all over the place, a little bit too much like a comedy, because they were just trying to entertain people. And then, you know, turns out, like, people really like this nostalgia thing. They were really into reliving the memories of their past, and it became a huge hit. Like, 7% now. Doesn't sound impressive, but back then, like, local channels dominated, you know, prime time and all that. Like, Cable channels struggled to get high ratings because, you know, they weren't as widely available as local channels. So, Reply 1997 paved the way, okay? They were one of the highest rated dramas way back then. But, going back to my experience of watching it, I didn't care much about the characters or what was going on. And as I often say, I don't know if I actually often say this, but as I will say now, apathy is worse than hatred. If I don't care, if it didn't make me feel anything, that's worse. That's more of a waste of time for me. (laughs) But you know what? I'll give it a pass. They didn't know what they were doing or that this would be a success. And they improved. 88 had an emotional impact on me. Yeah, because it was meant to be more of a heartwarming show, right? I'm pretty sure I cried 13 out of 20 episodes. I hope my count is right. I forgot. But, but, enjoyment and engagement-wise, it dropped significantly after the second half. Like, in the first half, I was so into it. I was crying all the time. I loved the characters, the warmth of their families. And then, I don't know, when it got more romance-focused and, like, they all went their separate ways with their own love lines. Each person had their own love line. I just got tired of it because it's just like, why does everyone get screen time if, you know, we're just going to rehash their issues? I, I don't know. It just felt so bloated, really. There were just too many things going on. And it felt like, one, we were just dragging out the mystery husband, the second half. It wasn't really about them, their friendship all that much. And two, like, each person had a love line, which I didn't care about all of them. So why do I have to, (laughs) why must I go through this, right? Just to reach this time skip yet again, and then wedding ending yet again. But, you know, yeah. It's like it had great highs, but then when when I reached my lows with it, it just made me so mad. Because like, these episodes could have been an hour long, and I'd be happier. We didn't have to have an hour and a half, just to rehash these love lines over and over again for 10 more episodes. (sighs) So 94 is the highest for me because I had the most investment in the romance, right? And it was the most highlighted here among the three. So that kept me engaged for most of the shows. And I felt the bloat mostly in the last four to five episodes, Which is better than 88, right? 10 episodes of bloat where I was just frustrated and tired. And I wasn't invested in the romance nor the side stories. Just the families, actually. Not even the squad as much. I cared about their family dynamics. So I mentioned bloat a lot. I use this word very often, as you could tell. To me, a bloat is that feeling when you don't know where a show is headed and you feel that it's just dragging the plot out or dragging the episodes out just to keep it going, you know, just to keep it running. And like if I were 100% happy and engaged and invested, I wouldn't feel bloated. Right? I wouldn't feel bloated. And instead, I would want more, more and more and more of their daily lives, of these characters, no matter how insignificant their stories must seem because it's slice of life, par for the course. We have to have all these stories. Okay, but I wasn't. I wasn't that engaged, really. And I realized I could pick just the parts that I cared about. But in general, as a whole, I didn't care about all of them. I didn't care about one part strongly enough to sit through the rest of it. There's a right balance, you know, with the fluffy and the light and the slice of life pacing and balance that with actual story or character progression. Like it has to move a little bit more than that. And yeah, the problem is that sometimes there's no real overarching story. Unless you count The Mystery Husband as your overarching story in which your mileage varies, right? It depends on whether or not you care about that romance. In The Others, I didn't. In 94, I did. And that's, I guess, why I was engaged for most of it until I realized they're just dragging this out and then for some reason, Chilbong's gonna come back and people are gonna think he has a chance. But he doesn't. And then there's gonna be an obligatory breakup but we know it's trash. Come on. <sighs> so there. You know, All three of them experience bloat when they stop focusing on the friends as a group and more on their individual stories. At that point, that's when I realized that they were better as a group than as individuals. But you run out of stories to tell as an entire group. So it's a loose-loose, <laughs> for me at least. And you know what? I could say that each of the reply shows were trying something different. Like, 97 was more of a comedy, 94 was more in the romance, and 88 was more family, heartwarming stuff. And in a way, you know what? The main girls and their characters represented their shows well, right? I mean, 97 was a comedy. She Won was a crazy fangirl. Lots of shenanigans there. 94 was romance. Najong was crazy in love that works and Doksun was dumb (laughs) and 88 was a heartwarming family drama and that you know was heartwarming family stuff yeah you get it 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 worked their characters worked for the stories around them and what their entire show was trying to do okay I could go even deeper into this guys I could go deeper I could say more like I could compare the love lines, the protagonists, even even add person playbook, hospital playlist. I could do more, right? I could say more, but let's not. Let's not do that this episode. So if anyone's interested in that, just tell me. I can do it. <laughs> so that's it for me today. Uh, reply 1994 is often referred to as the worst reply show, the one that a lot of people didn't like. And I believe that. For the longest time, I did, and then I watched it, and my expectations were so low, I swear. But I ended up liking it the most. Isn't that so ironic? Isn't that a surprise? It's, it's still flawed, of course, but it deserves more credit for being a good show. Guys, also, hello, please listen to the OST. Uh, each of the main cast sang a song for it at least and you know what shin likes doing that since reply 1997 where uh so in guk and unji sang all for you and now in hospital playlist uh i really think like hospital playlist is shin like dream work because he can make his cast sing and play all his favorite songs <laughs> uh what else uh watch reply 1994 even if I've spoiled basically everything right now. Deserves more credit. It's it's a good show, guys. It It's different. It's not going to be 88. Don't come in there thinking that it's going to be better than 88. Because, like, you know what? People can have their opinions on what they like the most. But give it a chance before you say one is the best. Or don't compare them. I don't know. You do you. <laughs> but if you haven't watched 94, it, it it's worth it, you know? Unless you end up being Team Chilbong, in which I'm really sorry, man. You gotta open your eyes and realize he's had no chance since the start. But okay, that's it for me today. I would like to ask, have you watched Reply 94 and the entire Reply series? How would you rank it, right? Because of course, my ranking is based on my viewing experience. So that's different for all of us. Maybe you were invested in... I don't know. Uh, she wants fangirling all that much, or the the second lead couple ish there, or you know, in eighty eight, maybe I don't know. You're invested in everyone and all their stories. I don't know. People are into different things. That's cool. <laughs> and additional question: Are there any other K dramas that you think get looked over? passed by people don't pay much attention to it or look down on it because they're always compared to other shows that's an interesting question i can't think of anything else but yeah so that's it for me thank you so much for listening and i will see you soon thanks for tuning in Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!